now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, hop along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Well, Mark Larson, thank you very much in Southern California. Welcome to another live edition of Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, I know you've all been practicing your social distancing. So is Rod and Reel Radio. Uh, Wendy is broadcasting from Huntington Beach. Stands. He's usually up in uh, Simi Valley, but I think he's on his way to the airport somewhere. And we are firmly ensconced in the beautiful Angler's Arsenal Studios here in Lakeside, California. We want to welcome you to the show. We hope you all are doing well. I know, you know, there's a lot of repetition now on TV and everything like that. Man, we have strived to bring you a live show tonight, and I think we've got a great one for you. Let me go down and tell you just exactly who our guests are. Out of the shoot, we're going to have Captain Keith Dinette. He is with Constitution uh, and Poseidon Sports Fishing. You know, you know the Constitution and the Poseidon for their great fishing trips out of H&M Landing here in San Diego. It's going to be a great uh, tuna season when we can finally get going. But Keith has also put together a great schedule to locations that maybe are on your bucket list. We're going to talk to Keith about where the Constitution Poseidon are going to be running to meet your need to fill those bucket list requirements. So Keith's going to be with us first out of the gate. And then later on, later on we'll have Rob Tressler with us. A lot of you have fished with Rob Tressler and his fiancée, Lori, on a lot of the boats here in San Diego, gone after big tuna. You know how experienced and how good a fisherman he is. But also, a lot of you don't know, he is with the San Diego Blood Bank. So Rob is going to call us, tell us a little bit about the needs of the Blood Bank, and give us the latest that he knows on the coronavirus that we may need to know as fishermen. And in the second hour of the show, the Iron Man himself, Danny Wade from H&M Landing, is going to be with us. We're going to go over fishing irons. Can't call it Iron 101, whatever it is. We'll talk a little bit about the history of iron fishing, what you might need to start iron fishing if you haven't done so. And maybe Danny can belay with us some tips that you maybe haven't thought about on your next trip using iron. So Danny Wade's going to be with us in the next hour. But before we get going, let me introduce to you the co-host of Ron Real Radio. First, this gentleman is the voice of 1-800-BASS BOAT and a pretty darn good fresh and saltwater angler in his own right, Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, howdy. How you doing, John? Good evening, everybody. Well, I uh, have been uh, practicing the alonavirus in my house <laughs> because for the last couple of weeks, the, the wife has been in Texas with a daughter who had a little surgery that she had to go through, and 
So she's doing well now, and the wife's got her, her walking papers. So I'm actually on the way to pick her up here this evening and and bring her back home after two weeks of being away. So all things are well. Can't complain. The only thing I've done is I had a chance to get into the garage, and I bought a bunch of different bins that I could rearrange tackle with. And I put stuff into those bins and those boxes and stacked them onto my bench where now if i need something i have no clue where it is <laughs> all right hey and uh, stan i think what i've seen and going on facebook you are not the only one that have not only been arranging his tackle but rearranging it and rearranging it again and you're going to have it so organized that when it comes time to fish you're going to go where the where heck I- did i put that <laughs> You're right. I've already done that. Just in organization, I've done that. So, you know, I keep trying to write down what I'm doing on the, on each of the boxes I put stuff into. I'm going, well, this is, I know I've got a lot of stuff I can sell now, though. Good. Hey, let's introduce our listening audience to our other co-host. She is the national sales manager for Iserline, represents many other fine products in the fishing industry. She's also an experienced fisherman and hunter and i'm so happy that we're all together tonight because i can't tell you guys the technical glitches we were going through five minutes before we're on the air but our producer and the am 540 studios made it possible for all of us to get together again and my co-host is Wendy, miss wendy toshahara wendy glad to have you aboard well thanks for having me and you can add another hat to uh, what I do, and now it's Farmer Wendy. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> really, uh, Wendy, you must live on what about uh, one seventh of an acre, maybe one eighth. <laughs> I only have a sixty by one hundred square foot lot. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, well, you know what? We laugh about it now, but you're going to be the envy of all of us. When all that great produce and those vegetables and everything that you're planting now come to fruition. So I'm kind of envious, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, I look forward to it. Well, you've got chickens too, don't you? I sure do. (laughs) Hey, guys. You've got it all. Hey, let's get to our first guest, guys, because he's patiently waiting. He's the owner-operator of Constitution and Poseidon Sports Fishing. I asked him to come aboard with us tonight, not only to talk about, you know, what's going to be happening locally here in our Southern California waters, but what's happening with a schedule that he has just posted to going some places that I've got to tell you are on my bucket list to go fish. So let's don't uh, let's don't spend any other time but to talk with him right now, Captain Keith Dinette from Constitution and Poseidon Sports Fishing. Captain Keith, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me on board. Uh, thank you for uh, let me join your, your party over there. Um, yeah, we're, we're here. We're sheltering in place. You know, we're you know getting our moments that we're able to get down our boats and, and get them all dialed in with the, you know, you know to do all our boat work and, and get ready to go. Unfortunately, you know, things going on, the fishing's really good. And uh, when we're bringing the boat up, we're seeing large, large schools of bluefin. We're actually... I was able to get on a trip on the Poseidon before all this went down, and uh, we were able to get on some really, really good bluefin fishing. Wow, Keith. So. Well, tell us a little bit, you know, if you will, real quickly, 
for people that aren't familiar with both the Poseidon and the Constitution, and and who do you have running what boat during what time of the year here? So, so we're a family-ran operated business. Um, our whole family works, and you know, we've you know, I've, we've been doing it you know, since uh, I've been in the business since I was eleven years old. Um, Nicole and I, my wife Nicole. She handles all the reservations, and her and I have been together since she was 15 and I was 16 years old. And uh, so wow. we've been together, you know, tackling this business, and currently we, uh, we've we had three sport boats. Um, currently we own uh, the Constitution and the Poseidon. The Constitution is a uh, is, a, is an 80-foot uh, sport fisherman operates out of H&M, and as well as the uh, Poseidon that is uh, 75-foot that operates there also. Um, the the captain on, on the Poseidon is my son Hunter, um, and he's been been operating the boat for three seasons, and uh, yeah, we've been we've been getting after it here. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the the scheduling for 2020. Uh, uh, you're currently taking reservations for the 2020 season for local uh yellowfin tuna trips and and tell us about those trips are are those open party are you all charters or or what can people uh do to get aboard the constitution or the poseidon this year currently right now we're we're you know we're you know we're operating on an open party schedule up until july a um, couple of we have a few charters in between in june um april and june on on board the poseidon and on the constitution and uh, these preseason trips uh, will be targeting yellowtail and, and bluefin, um, not 50 to you know, 150 to 200-pound bluefin. Wow. You know, you that's, know. That, that's amazing. To, you know, and I've been involved with the fishing industry for 100 years also, but, but uh, you know, you, every time I hear that, well, but we're running uh, trips right offshore here, a local overnight, two-day trip, whatever it is. For uh, yellowtail and uh, tuna to 200 pounds, <laughs> you got to smile when you hear that because we've had phenomenal fishing off the coast here for the last four years, and uh, it's going to be for all the people that are listening. It's going to be better this year than it was last year, and those fish that have been hanging around are going to be bigger this year than they were last year. So tackle up. Yeah, no, I agree with you there, Stan. <laughs> I think uh, we had a conversation back at the Fred Hall show in Long Beach. And last time yep. I was on the show was 25 years ago. And, uh, you know, it was a, it was a long time ago. We were on the, the, was on the show with, uh, with Ronnie and I, uh, with, yeah. uh, with fish talk radio. When we first met and we first got going back then, uh, we brought Keith Dennett on and he was running a boat out of, out of the channel Island. Yeah. We were doing springtime, you know, radio shows and talking about white sea bass and halibut. A lot of that's changed. You know, the wars have changed, and you know we're definitely seeing some really good change for that matter. And it's been uh, fantastic uh, bluefin fishing, best we've ever seen. And uh, bringing the boat up from you know the Constitution back up from Point of Arda, you know we just saw huge areas of bluefin, and uh, we're just you know thirty to fifty miles long, just areas of just one school after another. And just literally just pointing the boat in one straight line and not really working any area by any matter. We were just trying to cover ground and get the boat home. And uh, what there were grades just are you incredible seeing? amounts of fish coming out. What grades are you seeing? 
We, we saw everything. We saw everything from 30-pounders all the way up to 150, 180-pounders. Um, and uh, incredible. I mean, this, it was just just it, it was just one big school after another, and then you'd have an area of you know, three to five miles of just you know, dead water, and then another school and another school. And you just have your little pockets of fish, but it was just consistent. You'd run into another school, and, you know, was, we had beautiful weather on the last leg of our trip, and we were able to see, you know, getting the binoculars, and you could see birds, birds, and fish breaking fish, and, you know, of course, no boats on it, and we just had to, you know, keep going. To get to the home. <laughs> now, now, Keith, you're going to be spending the summer here in San Diego going out of our Southern California waters, but come the uh, early fall, you actually really – metamorphize into something completely different. Tell us how this has evolved and what you're going to be offering people that want to fish the Poseidon and the Constitution come this uh, fall. So, as you know, we stick around. We're at H&M Landing all the way up until right about the end of, of October. I believe it's October 20th. The entire lines, we, we fish you know, the whole summer season there. And then, uh, we're, we're trying something new, and our, you know, a lot of our groups have been fishing this for 12, 14, 15, 16 years. Um, you know, we've been asking, you know, where else can we go? What else can we go do? So this is kind of our, our next little little thing that we're going to be doing. We're going to be operating out of Mag Bay. It'll be a fly-down, fly-back, uh, literally a two-hour flight out of LAX, fly into Loretto. We'll have two luxury vans uh, picking up each group um, from the airport. Uh, it's a two-hour drive to uh, Mag Bay, San Carlos. There will be uh, they'll be boarding um, either on the Constitution or the Poseidon, and we'll be offering four and five-day trips out of there, and uh, be ultra ultra limited road trips, uh, limited to twelve anglers, and there'll be an all-inclusive program where you're going to be able to step on the boat. You won't even have to worry about bringing a fishing rod, lure, a hook, nothing. We'll be there to take care of everything. All complete, all inclusive. The only thing you need to do is get a uh, Mexican fishing license and buy your airline ticket. That's it. And what dates wow. are you good? What dates are you going to be offering those uh, trips for now, Keith? So we're, we're going to be offering seven trips per per vessel. Um, we'll be offering them from October twenty second through November twenty third, and uh, it'll be one month only. Seven trips. We'll have a couple open party or maybe one or two open party trips. They're getting very popular right now. We have some groups and guys that want to charter the boat out. And we've, uh, we've currently, I think, just before all this came down, I think we've got up to right about 75 to 80% of our, our trips on both boats are already sold out. So we're, we've got our group wow. set, and then we put aside a couple open party trips, and we may just reserve a, a trip or two on each boat for uh, someone else who would like to, to charter the, the boat out. Wow. So, hey, Keith, Keith, how many people do you take on the on each on the tri- on each trip there? Uh, what? How many so, do, people does the Poseidon have, and how many on the Constitution? So, each trip we take twelve anglers, and amongst that twelve anglers, we have five crew. We have two two uh, deckhands, two hundred ton licensed U.S. Coast Guard licensed captains, and uh, we have a, a a chef on board each vessel. So, we have a total of ten crew members between the two boats. Ten crew members assist, help each other out, help you guys out as anglers get on the boat. And on our four-day trips, you're going to get three solid days of fishing from sunup to sundown. Um, with those trips on 
with most trips, you have an opportunity. Uh, each group may have a, a, an option to go mangrove fishing. So you can go out and fish for, you know, three days. Holy or, wow. You know, for Wahoo and Tuna and Dorado and Marlin and all that fun stuff, which is everybody yeah. knows what, what Mag Bay's hey. got, you know. Hey Keith, we got to keep guys. We got to take a break right now. Keith, can I ask you to stay on a little bit longer with us? You got it. We'll talk. All right, we'll listen to Rod and Real Radio on AM five forty. Stan, Wendy, are with me tonight. Our guest this hour is Keith Dinette from Constitution Sports Fishing and Poseidon Sports Fishing. Stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Hi, Roland Martin here. I'd like to tell you a little about Gary Yamamoto and the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company. It all started with an idea, then a dream, and in 1983, the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company was formed. If you know Gary Yamamoto like I do, and I've known him since 1983, you know he has a passionate love for the sport of fishing. That love is only matched by his obsession to design and produce the highest quality self-passive fishing lures on the market today. Every bait Gary makes is inspected by hand. Today, more than two and a half million packages of bait are shipped worldwide. On behalf of Gary and his staff, he wants to thank his customers for thinking so highly of his products and wishing you the great success at the sport of fishing. Whether you fish for fun or fish the tournament circuits like I do, you'll honor Gary for making Gary Yamamoto custom baits a key part of your fishing experience. Take it from me, Roland Martin. When I'm in need of a go-to bait, my first choice is a Gary Yamamoto custom bait. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one fishing, hunting, and shooting sports retailer, now has 28 locations. Turner's is your one-stop shop for fishing tackle, hunting gear, and everything for shooting sports. Turner's offers a full selection and unmatched prices on the gear you need. Whether you're planning a fishing trip with the family or chasing giant tuna, Turner's highly skilled staff will make sure you have the gear for your next adventure. Visit turners.com to find a Turner store near you and be sure to join the Turner's Discount Club to get weekly ads and specials right to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman, your one-stop shop for all your fishing needs. We all like to travel, whether it's for business or it's pleasure. But one thing we all like to do, it's save money. Well, we got a travel tip for you. Bill Boyce has put together a travel website for you that can save you a lot of money. You can become your own travel agent. The site is bookwithboyce.com. You're going to save yourself 5 to 35% on all nationally advertised travel rates. You want to uh, go to Mexico? You want to go to Hawaii? Bookwithboyce.com can offer you outstanding prices. And here's the deal. There's no surprises for accommodations, rental cars, or activities. So try bookwithboyce.com now and thank Bill Boyce later on. Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the fishing boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart. Did you know that when you donate blood, you're not only helping others, you're also helping yourself. Donating blood lowers the risk of heart attacks in men by more than 70%, lowers the risk of developing cancer, and helps you maintain a healthy liver. So donate blood to help someone else and to help yourself. If you can't donate, you can still make a difference with the financial gift. It's the best way to give back. Hook, line, and sinker. 
And for more information and to make a financial donation or an appointment, visit sandiegobloodbank.org. That's the sandiegobloodbank.org. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. I always wear a life jacket when I'm on the water because I'm lazy. I like floating like a giant turtle covered with SPF 50. The life jacket does the work. I highly recommend this to everyone. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rock Lease at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Our guest this hour is Captain Keith Danette from Constitution and Poseidon Sport Fishing out of San Diego here. And we were just talking about this new series of trips that uh, uh, Keith and his son Hunter are going to be offering on the Constitution and the Poseidon out of mag bay and man you have to be excited about going to some new water to fish what do you say keith well that was the whole thing it was like we were you know you know we've we've always offered a year-round um, opportunity to go you know, chase all the big fish and you know you're you know year round literally from from april till uh till april we would be somewhere either in san diego or puerto Vallarta, and uh Every time we would be bringing the boat down into Puerto Vallarta, we would stop in Mag Bay for a day, and it was just like we look at each other and go, "Why? Why are we? Why are we? Why are we? You know, why aren't we staying here for a month? You know, the fishing there is so good, and uh, we just kind of scratch our heads, and finally we just decided, you know what, this is going to be the year. Uh, this is something that a lot of our anglers, all of our groups, have been asking for, and we've seen a pretty good response out of it. You know. I was, Go I was going to say, this last season here, we've had the, the bigger yellowfin came back up and onto the lower banks down there. They were down outside. Uh, well, first off, we had the most amazing marlin fishing outside of Mag Bay that I think I've ever seen for sure, or maybe everybody's ever seen. When uh, one of the boats came in and did 300 marlin, you know, official catches in a day, we were down there on the Independence, and, and that fish, uh, we had... We were trying to catch Wahoo, and we had six marlin hooked up on across the stern, all on marauders, and we're just trying to get away from them. But the fishing in the arena down there is incredible, and you're you can you've got all the lower banks to fish, you know, the Toussaint and the, and the Finger, and you know, you've got if you go down below the Golden Gate and the Jaime, and the Jaime was holding big fish, that bigger yellowfin. Uh, like it was going out of style. The cool thing is, too, you got Mag Bay proper, where he said you had an opportunity to fish the mangroves. That you, I, I think that would be as much fun as anything you could do to go out and catch the big tuna one day or wahoo one day, and come back and spend the next day playing around in the mangroves with small tackle and just having a ball. Yeah, uh, Keith, tell us. You know, a lot of people. They hear about Mag uh, Bay. They think about, well, you're fishing inside the bay, and maybe you get a chance to get after some grouper, and they hear about, you know, fishing the mangroves. And, and, but they really don't know the opportunities that are, that are there. And now when you come with a boat like the Constitution or the Poseidon, 
not only do you get that in-bay fishing, you get that offshore fishing. And tell us a little bit about really what you're going to be able to offer the fishermen for going on a trip like that, that they might not normally be able to get if they just go to uh, uh, Mag Bay. Yeah, so so being able to have like a you know a larger boat with with a large bait capacity, there's you know opportunity to a to catch very good very good bait fish in there for greenback mackerel, and then there's also some sanders there that uh, would be happy to make sets and, and catch sardines for us, um, and uh, so that opportunity will be there. Uh, being the fact that those banks are so close, you're within the furthest bank that you have to run will be 80 miles, and uh, Having those banks that close, and as you guys know, everything kind of runs in cycles. And uh, right now, we're on a cycle right now where all that big fish is on those lower banks. And uh, we, you know, we're, we're on that cycle now where I think not only us, but you know, a lot of the long range leads going to be able to experience, uh, you know, that that giant yellowfin, you know, that's that 150 to 300 pound plus fish that's going to be on those lower banks this season. I think we've got, you know, at least three to five more years of this stuff here. Wow, that that is exciting. Now, and then to add to that, you're going to stay down there uh, in Mag Day, and you're going to fish there uh, between, uh, you know, October 22nd, I think November 19th or so. Well, after you're finished there, you don't plan to just come back to San Diego. You're going to offer your fishermen another unique experience. Tell us about what you're going to do then. Yeah, so so my regulars have been fishing with us in Puerto Vallarta. Um, I've been I've been fishing the waters uh, in Puerto Vallarta 200 days a year for I'm going on 22 years now. Um, I started off running yachts there, and literally uh, starting from November 1st through you know April and May, I've fished those waters just practically every single day, and uh, been doing that for, for 22 years. And we're going to be doing it again this year, offering three-and-a-half-day trips where we'll be leaving Mad Bay on the 23rd, 24th of November. And we'll be heading to Puerto Vallarta and then starting off like around December 1st, offering trips out of Puerto Vallarta December, January, and February. Man, that – now, I have followed you for a few years on Facebook, and, you know, I know Stan, Wendy, uh, they also know you, too. You have had the opportunity and the chances actually going out of Puerto Vallarta to hook up with what could have been world record fish. Uh, tell us about what you're really targeting for when you go there. Well, you know, obviously, we're there just to try to catch a fish some days, you know, <laughs> just getting, getting a fish hooked up, but. You know, it's definitely, it's, it's a trophy-style fishing. Um, literally a two-and-a-half-hour flight out of LAX. Uh, you can fly into Puerto Vallarta, a 15-minute drive to the boat. We're in a five-star marina, Paradise Village. And there we operate and run. And literally, um, we're, we're, we're about 12 hours, 8 to 12-hour run from the landing or from the marina that we're at. And uh, we run out to the, to, uh, the outside, uh, outside of the trust marinas, the outside banks out there. And, you know, we, we target, you know, basically tuna from, on, on average, 150 to 350 pounds. Um, we've seen hundreds, or actually I would say, uh, you know, we're probably in the thousands now that are over 200 we've landed. And uh, we've got a lot, a lot of 300-pounders. And we, we currently have two yellowfin over 400 
a 402 and a 415 landed. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I still got to get one over two. I've got I don't know how many between over, up to up to 200. I mean the hundred pounders I can't even I don't know I never I couldn't count them. Over two I've got I don't know probably 50, but but I've not gotten that 300 pounder. That's still elusive. But to get the four. You know, I know Kevin, he's got a 405 or whatever it is. There's a few of the guys out there that have them. But that's a rare fish. But to be able to put yourself in the environment where they are is really what you want to go do in the first place. That's funny because, you know, you mentioned Kevin. You know, Kevin's a good friend of mine, Kevin Boyle. And he, uh, he yep. had a 415, but literally like two days before that, he got that fish. We were hanging out in a hotel where, you know, sit back, have a couple cold ones. And, uh yeah, he's been on a lot of trips, and and uh, him and Sophia, and uh, yep. Sophia's caught her shins two hundred pounders, and and it's been you know over the years, you know he's just stoked just to bring his friends out, and I don't know how many he's handed off to his buddies that were well over two hundred pounds that they've landed, and uh, he said, you know, this is my trip, you know, I just want to get a two hundred pounder. I've literally handed off four or five of them. I can't remember what exactly what he said. And uh, he says, "This is a trip. I'm, I'm going I'm to hook one. I'm going to land my, my first 200 pounder." I said, right, "Well, we're going to get you one, Kevin." And he didn't go. He went from <laughs> like 180 pounds to 415 on that one. <laughs> wow. Yeah, hey, Keith. Yeah. You know, uh, a fisherman like myself, we're not necessarily geared up to go after fish uh, like you and Stan on, in the 200 pound range. So if I decide. You know, I want to come on down and go out on a trip on the Constitution sports fishing or on the Poseidon, and I want to take a crack at these fish. Uh, what do I do for gear? I mean, do I have to worry about hauling all my gear down there, or can you help us out on that? You know, a lot of our guys, I mean, we're looking at, you know, the you know, are saying on our websites, like bring your board shorts, flip flops, and, and your backpack and your passports, all you need. Um, you can fly in, literally fly in with those items, and on board we have everything. We, we have everything. We buy everything brand new. So everything that we put on board in, on November 1st is brand new, and we use it till till April, and it all gets sold, and then we put buy brand new stuff. We've been doing this every year. So we have brand new uh, Akuma Makaya 30s and 50s and uh, two, uh, two X's and four inch rail rods to go with those. They're all matched up, loaded up, full of braid. We have uh, a soft seal, fluorocarbon, leadered all, everything all up. And every angler that steps on our board, they get three rods. They get a, they get a Makaira 30 loaded up with 100 pound, 80 to 100. They get a Makaira 50 with 100 to 130 loaded up. And then they also get a uh, Tesoro, a Kuma Tesoro, a 40 pound rod, which we can take in, go inch for fish and all that. And everything's all new. And but they, they literally could just step on, come fishing, and that's all they need to do. They don't need to bring anything down the boat. Wow. And and how about the fish you catch? Uh, whether you're in Mag Bay, what do you plan? Can the fishermen bring fish back whole, home with them? Uh, uh, have you worked out that part of the program yet? Absolutely. So a lot of guys, they, they bring their AO coolers or their soft cooler. Um, they'll roll them up and recommend that on our site. We have a little check-off list what to bring, but bring a little soft cooler, roll it up, put it in your bag. And a lot of guys will, uh, you know, they'll 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 bring their their soft cooler on board. We uh, flare catch, we vacuum seal on board. 
Um, all, everybody's catch is vacuum sealed. We fill everybody's uh, coolers up to just right at 50 pounds. We just go a little bit on a pound less so they can throw their pliers or whatever extra stuff they want to uh, put in there. But basically, we make them a 50-pound cooler, and uh, we send them down to the airport with that. And it's literally like a checked bag. Um, so you just check it in on the flight. Uh, we have freezers on board and get everything all crispy. Once they get it on the plane and they get into the belly of that plane, it stays cold in there. And actually, uh, it's just 100% fine to, to take it virtually anywhere back to the United States. Well, what we're going to have to do now, Keith, is we're going to have to find out how's the best way to sign up for these trips. First of all, for your schedule out of San Diego here, How's the best way uh, to get us board the Poseidon or the Constitution Sports Fishing to go after our local yellowfin or whatever it is you're going to be fishing for this season? Well, it's uh, pretty easy. Two, two, two off, off options. You can contact the landing at H&M Landing. You can go to hmlanding.com. Or you can go either. Uh, you can go on either constitutionsportfishing.com or poseidonsportfishing.com. Either side, you can jump on there. Uh, you can you can navigate through, you know, take a look and see what you know pictures and and uh, questions and answers. I put kind of put a whole little sheet there, but you know I think the easiest way a lot of guys do, and they're so accustomed to doing it, they just call Nicole. You know, she uh, every time you call this number, it's eight six six nine zero three seventy seven forty two, and uh, when you call that number, it actually gets forwarded to her cell. And no matter where she's at, she's always pulling on the side of the road, talking to anglers. And uh, that phone is ringing like crazy all the time. But she, she's been doing it her whole life, and she knows it. She knows the program. She's got fish over, yelling over 300 pounds herself. And she's been, she's been fishing her whole life. And, and uh, she's been in it, and she loves it, and she's really good on the phone. So you can give her a call there. Now, for these trips to, uh, to go with you to uh, Fish Mag Bay, or to fish out of Puerto Vallarta, is there a different procedure uh, uh, involved in getting a hold of you there? No, nope, that's all the same. You can contact Nicole. She's uh, she's the one that uh, you know gets all the reservations and answers all the questions. She's, you can you can even the the, the the trickiest of questions. She's heard them all, and she you know, has an answer for everything. Um, so well, you, you, you know, I'm looking at the prices on these trips. For limited load, and I've got it. Call Nicole at 866-903-7742. All right. Captain Keith Dinette, thank you very much for being with us tonight. And uh, uh, we look forward to having you on again and talking about the great season. I think 2020 is going to be for us once we get going. No, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And thank you for everybody out there for listening in. So thank you very much. All Pretty right. exciting, Keith. Pretty exciting stuff, buddy. You got Thanks, it. Dad. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break right now, but coming up next, Rob Tressler from the San Diego Blood Bank is going to be with us, and just joining us, too, is, is Danny Wade from H&M Landing. So still a lot more to come after these messages. This is John, and I'd like to invite you to the new Angler's Arsenal location in Lakeside, California. We put together a staff of experts that will help you find the tackle and gear 
you need at a price you can afford. We carry all major brands. And if you need custom work done, we can do that for you with both rods and reels. How about servicing your old equipment? No problem. We can do it quickly, easily, at a price you can afford. We also do custom hand-poured plastics through Western Plastics. Design the lure of your dreams and catch the fish that have been getting away. So come and visit us in Lakeside. We're at 12255 Woodside Avenue. Or you can visit us at anglersarsenal.com. If you need to call us, we're at 619-466-8355. See you there. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. We want to tell our listeners a little about Bajo La Luna Restaurant, located within a lush hidden garden in the heart of Cabo San Lucas. This family-run restaurant offers patrons a selection of unbelievable tapas, the most delicious Mexican entrees, an outstanding selection of wines and crafted cocktails, and the most amazing desserts, all served in an upscale, casual, outdoors atmosphere at prices you'll find very affordable. When you visit Bajo La Luna, mention Rod and Real Radio, and there might just be a complimentary beverage served with your dining experience. Bajo La Luna is located right across the street from Cabo Wabo and offers free or valet parking. Get all the information you'll need to visit Bajo La Luna Restaurant on Facebook. Just click their direct link icon found on RodandRealRadio.com. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends? but are a little set back with what charter company to choose, we urge you to use American and family-owned Lands End Charters. Lands End Charters offers their passengers affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with the latest of fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a long-time-owned family business. Go to LensEndCharters.com to see all of their vessels and amenities available. Call Cobble Greg or Jenny at 800-281-5778 when you're ready for an action-packed Cabo fishing experience. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419. Or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Rod and Real Radio is brought to you by BajaBound.com Insurance Services. Are you driving to Mexico? You can buy and print out your Mexican auto insurance policy online in the convenience of your own home or office in minutes. Now with BajaBound.com's easy-to-use website. After printing your auto insurance, check out the BajaBound.com site. There, too, you will find great travel tips and information to help you get the most out of your next 
road trip south of the border. So this is an important fact to remember. Use BajaBound.com. It's the easiest way to find and get Mexican auto insurance. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Rod and Real Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available. Or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. We want to thank you for listening, too, and uh, we want to welcome. I see that we have a bunch of new listeners listening to us tonight. Welcome to the show. I hope you become regular listeners because I think we offer you a venue that's a little different than any other radio fishing talk show that you're going to find in the country. Hey, our next guest coming on up, you've probably fished arm-to-arm with him on the rail on a lot of the boats out of here in San Diego, especially the past couple of seasons, with this great bluefin bite that we've had. And you've also had a chance to meet his fiance Lori, and talk to him about fishing. And he's really, really fastidious when it comes to the methods that he uses and everything like that. But we know Rob Tressler for something else that's maybe more important, and especially this time of the year, Rob is with the San Diego Blood Bank. So I want to bring Rob aboard, and yeah, maybe we might get some fishing talk in, but let's talk a little bit about what's happening at the blood bank and how we may be able to help the blood bank out during this uh, critical time. So, Rob Tressler, welcome to Ron Real Radio. Hey, John. It's good to be on board. Uh, Wendy, it's good to hear your voice. Uh, Stan, I hope everybody's doing well. All's well, my friend. All's well. We are... Yeah, you know, Rob, when, when I talked to you last, you were on a conference talking about some of the latest about the virus. Uh, and maybe if you can, can you tell us with regards to people donating to the blood bank, are we in some type of jeopardy there? Or are we putting people in jeopardy by donating? And what are some of the latest things that you're hearing about this virus that our listeners may need to know? Thanks, John. Uh, absolutely, there is no issue with donating blood. Uh, we have all the standard safety practices, social distancing in place, protective uh, uh, gear that the personnel are wearing, and um, so it's perfectly fine to come in. We've modified our schedule now because normally we will take walk-in donors. Uh, we're not doing that because we're limiting the numbers of people per area in the blood bank now for donations to keep the social distancing principle intact. We're only uh, taking people by reservations to make sure we control the situation and assure the safety of the donors. Our number one credo is safety first for donors and for the recipients of the blood products. 
Having said that, I want to applaud this community. It has been absolutely amazing how people have stepped up, come to the blood bank and donated blood to save the lives of people. The hospitals right now are in dire need of managing the COVID-19 problem. But in addition to that, we still have blood needs for accidents, trauma, cancer patients, and everybody else. And we don't want the community to overlook that need. We utterly depend on that. In Southern California, the San Diego Blood Bank is the primary blood bank servicing hospitals in this entire region. It's an important aspect for maintaining the welfare and safety of the community. And I can assure everybody it is perfectly safe. We have all the standard FDA guidances, state guidances, and our accreditation with the American Association of Blood Bank guidances in place to ensure the safety of all people that come through the door to donate. In fact, we have people that we will pre-screen you before we even allow you into the through the entry into the building. We have a pre-screening station out front where we ask you questions about any prior medical history that could be related to this, even indirectly to a family member or, or friends or colleagues. We also take your temperature. Everything is done with gloves and, and wearing, you know, and hand wash and things like that. So for those that haven't donated yet, uh, please come on down, but make a reservation now. We don't take walk-ups because we have to manage the crowd factor. For those who have donated, our heartfelt gratitude to stabilize the blood supply. We are in pretty good shape right now as far as blood, but the problem we have or the concern we have is because of the lack of mobility of people in the orders to you know, shelter at home, people will start to taper off in terms of coming in to donate, and we're going to need blood forever. I mean, it's, it's always a need that we have. So while we're okay right now, things might ramp up. We need to make sure we maintain our supply. So please come on down. Um, I can't do it now. I used to always have a standing offer for anyone that comes to donate. They mentioned my name, and I'm available at that time. I'll give you a tour of the laboratory and research facilities. Obviously, we're not allowing anyone except essential personnel into the labs and work areas at San Diego Blood Bank, so I can't do anything about that. Wendy, you had a question for Rob, didn't you? Hey, Rob, I've got a question for you. For somebody who wants to donate but has an autoimmune disease like lupus or arthritis, um, something of that nature, um, can they still donate? Absolutely. If you have lupus, we'll, we'll screen, we'll take your blood sample first and check it. But yeah, certain types of autoimmune disorders like rheumatoid arthritis, type 2 diabetes, lupus, as long as you're in good health, in other words, your blood levels are good, your white and red blood cell counts are good, you can certainly come in and donate. All right. I got a question for you. Yeah, yeah go. because I mean, I heard today on the news that they're they're actually looking for people that have already had the coronavirus to take the blood that they can do transfusions that maybe the transfusion the transfusions can actually help people that are have the the bug now but is that something that <laughs> i know there's a probably a lot of people that have already had the the virus it it didn't affect them in a in any dire way but they over the last 6 months it's been lurking around it wasn't something new but is that something that you can find out if you if you had a donor and he comes down there and he's actually already had uh, a case of the coronavirus, got through it, he's okay? Is that something that is going to be worthy for something down the road here when they're looking for the antibodies? 
Uh, that's a great question, Stan. Actually, it's funny you should mention it. I actually have had conversations with physicians here in the greater San Diego area about this convalescent blood therapeutic approach. By that meaning is that people who've successfully gone through the COVID-19 infection, if they were exposed and come out the other side of it with no evidence, no biological evidence, either molecular or otherwise, with the testing that we have now that can assure that, with no evidence of the virus in their systems, probably don't have the virus anymore because they developed an antibody response to the virus. Therefore, their plasma will have high levels of this antibody or may have high levels of an anti-COVID-19 antibody. And so that's the whole principle now of saying, well, that antibody must have attacked and eradicated the virus or helped to control the disease. Can we take that plasma and give it to other patients as long as the plasma is checked to make sure it doesn't have anything bad in it, you know, like other antibodies that could hurt the, the recipient, and use that as a therapeutic approach. And we're actually having conversations and reviewing the protocol for that. We're not committing to it at San Diego Blood Bank yet, but our, our, our internal management is reviewing that protocol that now is being drafted with the NIH, National Institutes of Health, and with the FDA to allow that as a treatment of a potential therapeutic approach. Having said that, Oftentimes, trying to give an antibody when a person already has a high dose of the disease present is a little bit like the horse is already out of the barn. But, you know, even if it only works a portion of the time, but it definitely works, and there's anecdotal evidence that it can benefit these advanced-stage patients, it's worth reviewing. So we're, we've been in conversation internally and also with some of the external investigators on just that possibility, and is that something that might be done, you know, and might be something that blood banks could participate in. Obviously, we have to be very cognizant to make sure that anybody that is a candidate for that has no evidence of the virus at all. And so the, the criteria to even consider even allowing a person like that through the door is going to be a much higher, much more rigorous. I'm not sure that's completely in place yet, such that we would not want to jeopardize the larger mission we have for the greater good. For perspective, in Southern California alone, almost 150,000 lives annually are saved by blood transfusion products. We don't want to do anything to jeopardize our role in that process here in Southern California. But having said that, if there is a medically safe way to participate in that, blood banks are reviewing it right now and trying to step up to the plate to help the COVID-19 problem. And on the COVID-19 problem, the one thing that people really need to be cognizant of is it's 80 to 95% preventable, folks. If you follow some simple rules, social distancing really matters, okay? If someone has a cough or is sneezing and it's a dry cough or a sneeze, ask them to please cover and avoid being in the light of fire. And if you yourself have a cough or sneeze, cover your, cover your mouth and cover your face, okay, while you're doing that, okay? Don't sneeze into an open room with uh, un, un, unrelated people <laughs> and, you know, just be nice. And, um, and, and don't gather in large groups and wash your hands, for heaven's sake. Lori's going nuts. I'm washing my hands every 30 <laughs> minutes now. And I'm a nerd scientist. And I'm, I'm, as you know, John, I'm a fisherman, so I don't mind getting dirty. doesn't bother me at all. But this is just some simple medical practices because this virus, the debate right now we're having, there's a couple different debates going on. What is the mortality index for this? You know, for perspective, globally, worldwide, the flu influenza mortality index is about 0.1% at best, at worst, I should say. Okay, 
the mortality index, depending on the population you look at and the country you look at, has varied from 1% to 9%. So the truth probably lies somewhere in between those two, which makes it significantly more dangerous than the flu. The mechanics of the disease itself are also different than influenza. Yes, I know if you're strong and healthy and you've got a low-grade version of it, it has flu-like symptoms, but it is not the flu at all. This monster affects your lungs, and what it does is when the virus gets into your lungs, in your upper respiratory tract and down into your lungs, what happens is the virus itself, when it affects, when it infects the lung cells, your immune cells, you see those lung cells as being damaged or bad actors, and your immune system, in some cases, tragically, goes crazy trying to eradicate those infected cells. It causes something called a cytokine storm, which means your immune cells are releasing massive amounts of pro-inflammatory and inflammatory products and factors that originally are designed to try and protect you from things, but when they go overboard, they start destroying the sick cells and the lungs and the tissue itself. And that causes pneumonia, inflammation-mediated pneumonia, lung fibrosis, and ultimately suffocation because you can't oxygenate because your lungs are torn up. So it's a different pathology, and it's something everybody needs to be aware of. People, as we've heard, elderly people are more at risk. Certain subsets of people, even if you're not old, if your immune system or your lung function, for whatever reason, is somewhat compromised, like you're a heavy smoker, or you've had pneumonia or other pulmonary problems in the past, you probably are at higher risk. And this is 90% preventable just with some common sense practices, folks. This ain't rocket science, because I ain't no rocket scientist. Uh, I understand, <laughs> Rob. Well, Rob, again, uh, people can go to rodreelradio.com, and they can hit the blood bank icon and go right to you. But if people want to make a reservation or find out more on what it takes to qualify to come on down and to give blood and keep the supply going at such a pace that we, we, we don't have a critical demand for it. How's the best way to go about doing it? The most straightforward way to get the most information, make reservations would be going online to sdbb.org or san diego bloodbank.org. We're a nonprofit. We get no taxpayer funds. We get no funding from the state or the federal agencies for what we do. And so what the heck, if you can't donate blood, especially in this time of need when we're scrambling for equipment and staffing issues, donating cash is something we're always happy to take as well. It's all going back into the community. We don't put it in our pocket. It all plays back into strengthening our blood collection and assurance of a safe blood supply to all the hospitals that we serve in Southern California. Well, Rob, it does, doesn't seem like we have yet hit the peak on uh, the people that are going to be affected by this uh, virus. So if we can, it doesn't look like we're going to be fishing for a little while. So can I invite you back a little bit later on and you can kind of give us an idea of how we're doing? Certainly, certainly. Yeah. And, you know, I'm happy not to fish until we're through this storm. This is serious well, business, folks. If you people know Rob Tressler and Lori Heath like I do, I can't tell you how powerful that statement is. Rob, thanks a lot for being with us tonight, sir. Thank you, John. You guys take care and be safe. All right. Thanks, Rob. Rob Tressler from the San Diego Blood Bank. And Stan, you're going to have to jump off now, too, because you've got another appointment to attend to, don't you?
Yeah, it's I'm uh, off to pick up the wife here. So <laughs> right. no more, no more alone virus for me. <laughs> wow. You know, I think my wife would have liked to have had the past two weeks without me, too. So, you know, <laughs> just all right, Stan. Hey, we'll, we'll talk to you next. We'll talk to you next Sunday night. Hey, we're going to take a break right now. Wendy is uh, still with us, and we have with us the Iron Man himself, Danny Wade. We're going to talk about fishing irons. We're going to talk about how to get started, what to do, and we might even get into a new product that Danny is involved with. So stay tuned. There's still a lot more Ron Real Radio to come after these messages. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one fishing, hunting, and shooting sports retailer, now has 28 locations. Turner's is your one-stop shop for fishing tackle, hunting gear, and everything for shooting sports. Turner's offers a full selection and unmatched prices on the gear you need. Whether you're planning a fishing trip with the family or chasing giant tuna, Turner's highly skilled staff will make sure you have the gear for your next adventure. Visit turners.com to find a Turner store near you and be sure to join the Turner's Discount Club to get weekly ads and specials right to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman, your one-stop shop for all your fishing needs. Hi, Roland Martin here. I'd like to tell you a little about Gary Yamamoto and the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company. It all started with an idea, then a dream, and in 1983, the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company was formed. If you know Gary Yamamoto like I do, and I've known him since 1983, you know he has a passionate love for the sport of fishing. That love is only matched by his obsession to design and produce the highest quality soft plastic fishing lures on the market today. Every bait Gary makes is inspected by hand. Today, more than 2.5 million packages of bait are shipped worldwide. On behalf of Gary and his staff, he wants to thank his customers for thinking so highly of his products and wishing you the great success at the sport of fishing. Whether you fish for fun or fish the tournament circuits like I do, you'll honor Gary for making Gary Yamamoto Custom Baits a key part of your fishing experience. Take it from me, Roland Martin. When I'm in need of a go-to bait, my first choice is a Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait. Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the Bass Boat Program. It is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for Bass Boat Insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the sports boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart the San Diego Blood Bank. 
Fishing for a way to make a difference in your community? Consider donating blood or making a financial donation to the San Diego Blood Bank. Your gift will impact medical research, revolutionize how we improve health and treat disease, and most importantly, give the gift of life. But we can't do it without you or without your help. Visit SanDiegoBloodBank.org to make an appointment or to give a financial donation today. It's the best way to give back. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. Wendy and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod Real Radio. Hey, and with us for this next hour is Danny Wade from H&M Landing. Danny, how you doing, sir? I am good. I'm very good. I'm glad to see you here. You know, Danny, uh, over the years, we have a chance to talk to you about fish reports and what's happening here and there. But over the years, too, I've gotten to know that one of the things that you kind of have a passion for is jig fishing. Tell us how that developed. My dad, my mom. Your mom? Oh, yeah. My mom started me when I was a little, little tiny kid. She'd be out, you know, like hanging the laundry out on the back in the backyard. Little tiny kid put me on a little chair, give me a stick and a clothespins and a bucket of water. And I'd fish in that bucket of water. <laughs> I, re- I, I remember. I thought she hit you over the head with the, yeah. with the jig or something. <laughs> no, that, that, came, that came later. Yeah, right? chasing you around the yard with a stick. <laughs> but uh, I've been, you know, I've been fascinated with it. Uh, even as a little kid, I mean, uh, the lure thing was, was what it was all about. I, I wasn't interested in taking a night crawler, sticking it on a hook, and dunking it in a pond. I wanted to cast that little lure, see if I catch something. I've been well, doing it all my life. On the saltwater side, um, the the early irons weren't necessarily irons; they were made out of other material. Were Were you fishing far enough back where you were fishing with, uh, you know, uh, bone jigs? No, no, I'm not quite that old. Oh man. <laughs> I thought you not, came not, over with the ark. Not quite, not quite. <laughs> uh, well, there would have been two of us. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, my. Danny, you want to tell him you're on the radio right now? <laughs> he knows. Uh, my my first lure fish I ever caught was a, a bass in, up in Oregon on a hula pop. Oh, no kidding. Okay. I was, I don't know, my grandfather said I was something like five years old. So you've always been of the discipline that you much rather fool them than feed them. And that's what you do when you're using an artificial like that. Yeah, yeah. And I've just been doing it all. That's what I, that's what I love doing. First yellowtail I ever caught came on a lure. Okay. And, yeah. and where where'd you start your fishing? Was it here in San Diego or what? Right here, yeah. Born and raised right here. And some of your early uh, memories, did you hone your skills? On your own, or did you have people that you were learning from that uh, you know gave you a little bit of a, an advanced course? Both. Both. Uh, I took it upon myself to learn how to cast. I took it upon myself to try and catch fish on lures. But I had some guys that, that I met when I was very young. You know at least one of them, Jimmy Darlin. Sure. Yoshibuya. You may not know him. But these were all guys that fished on the city of Imperial Beach out of the pier back in the late 60s and 70s when I was, you know, just kind of getting 
old enough to really start doing that stuff. And they took, for some reason, they, Jimmy Darlin, as much of a goof as he could be, <clears throat> took me under his wing for some reason. Maybe he saw a desire. And I just, I paid attention. And then I, you know, why is this not working? Why is he catching one and I'm not? And, and I took it upon myself to try and figure it out. You know, in the early years, tell us about some of the, the irons there were that available to fish with. And how do you go about at that time, picking out what was a good iron. Was it, was it color? Was it brand name? I mean, uh, uh, how could you tell? Well, you couldn't. I mean, I, I, was, I was a kid. First yellowtail I caught, I was seven years old. I couldn't tell you the difference between a surface iron or a yo-yo jig. You know, it was a jig. You tied it on, you cast it out, hopefully you caught something. Uh, the whole, it was in the junior high, really, when it, when it started to, Oh, surface irons. Oh, these things don't weigh much. Oh, it's yo-yo jigs. These things are heavy. When that difference really started to come around. And, and just, again, it, it's the same lures. You know, the taddies were around. The, the salas was around. The candy bar was around. You know, some of the bartender stuff, powerhouse stuff. All that stuff was around. But, but it, it, it's part of it is I lived in Imperial Beach. So, I mean. We had we had a tackle shop, sort of, but it wasn't much. So you know, you you we went. You had to go to like FedMart or something like that to to get anything to get the quality stuff. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, was it was it word of mouth that uh, uh, the fishermen would get together and go, "Hey, this color works better than that color, or this brand, or this is what you're looking for." Or how, how did you become so discriminating, or was it? until just recently that you just pick up anything that looks good and throw it. Well, discriminating is, is uh, Jimmy Darlin is, is probably the guy that really got me started heavily. I was standing next to him. I'm winding my jig in, yellowtail are chasing it. He makes a cast right out behind me, winds his jig in, looks at me and says, I'm sorry about this. Hooks the fish. I don't. He puts the fish on the boat. He walks over to me and says, Danny, sit down. I want to talk to you. You need to learn how to swim your jig. So you just can't wind, cast it out and wind it back. you got to make it move. you got to make it enticing for those fish to bite. If you just wind it back to the boat, it does, you know, it does figure eights, it does this, it does that. If you don't make it move to where they want to bite it, they don't bite it. It's no, really not that much different than pinning a bait on. If you don't pin a good bait on and it doesn't move the way they want it to move, they don't bite it. Well, I guess this is the first big tip that I'm going to try and squeeze out of you tonight. How do you make that bait move? Uh, is there more than one way? Uh, is it because of a rod you're using? Is it a retrieve that you're using? Uh, what? It's E, all the above. It, it, you got to have a rod that's got some ply in it. It's got to have a tip that moves so you get some bounce off of it. You need to use a reel that, that you're comfortable with. You know, me, I use uh, Accurate's turns. Use a 500 and a 600 narrow. But you're comfortable with, and you get that right gear ratio. You get that right gear ratio, and you get the move. You can feel that jig swim off the tip of your rod. If your rod's too stiff, you can't feel it. Well, when you started to fish, uh, the right gear ratio, uh, I don't know. You had what? Slow and slower, didn't you? We had a jig master. Yeah, and what was the ratio of those uh, at the time? Four to one. Yeah. 
there's still a good reel, you know. Some of these reels get too fast, you know. Some of the stuff that's, you know, seven to one, seven and a half, eight to one, it's, that's way too fast. Okay. E- even at six to one, you got you got to physically think about slowing your lure down. Surface irons were not made to be wound in fast; they're made to be wound in relatively slow, so they get that swimming action, that cadence, that that somewhat serpentine-looking action. And then every five or six, four times, they, they'll kick off to the side, and they kick off to the side real far. That kicking off to the side is what makes them bite it. And the action that you're doing on your rod, are you uh, uh, just uh, taking the tip and moving it from left to right, or are you moving it up and down? Or No, nothing. I'm, I'm holding it off to the side. I never point the rod at the, at the lure. Always keep it kind of, you know, 37, 40 degrees off. So you can feel the thing bounce off the tip. So if you're, so when you're on a, on a boat and you see someone fishing irons and they have that tip pointed right at the lure, um, that's not necessarily the best position it, it, to be it's in. It's not the greatest. Yeah. You're better off to have it on an, on a slight angle. It allows that fish to get, to get the lure in its mouth and then it comes tight and you get it hooked. You'll see a lot of guys, they'll be sitting there winding their lure and their rods pointed straight at and they go, oh, oh. Fish is nipping at it, but it's not getting it. Mm-hmm. Stick the rod off to the side. As that fish bites it, it hangs on to it. All right. I'm 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 not sure I'm going to really understand how that magically happens, but it, well, it does you, seem to happen. You got to, you got to, if, if this is your rod, your line comes off like that. Everyone look at the piece of paper That's that right. Danny's drawn That's on. That's right. <laughs> but it's just something, you got, something you've got to learn. All of this is something you have to learn. You know. So when you feel that ticker, you feel that fish on, then do you increase your retrieve or do you pull up and you set it like you, you've got a, a bait on? You just wind through it. You know, you don't need to increase it. The fish, by the time... You feel it. The fish has pretty much made its mind up whether it's going to eat it or not. You just wind through it. You don't swing. The, you don't set the hook. You don't swing. You don't do anything. You wind through it, just like wind, just like fishing a live bait. Okay, now that that's for surface irons. How about a technique for yo-yoing? Is that a little bit different? Do you drop the lure over the side, or do you cast out and, and let it arc down to wherever you want to be? Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about fishing the yellow. I, I fish it uh, typically on an angle, like 45 degrees. If it's yellowtail, if it's tuna, who cares? If it's yellowtail, 45 degrees, it's a little more water you cover. Drop it, get it down to the bottom, wind it up, 20 turns of a handle, give or take. Let it sink back out. When you get bit, you do the exact same thing. You wind through it. Okay, so no, no setting the hook. Never set the hook. If you set the hook, you lose... 80% of them. All right. And, you know, how do you, how do you know, you know, a lot of us have limited budgets. How do you really know if you've got a good lure, if you don't have a good lure, obviously if it gets bit, but when you, when you, let's say, let's say you go out over at H and M landing and you throw a jig on the, uh, off the uh, end of the dock there and you can watch it return. What do you, what are you looking for? Well, again, it's that serpentine pattern. It's a serpentine pattern. It swims like a snake. And it'll go one, two, three, four times, give or take. 
and it's going to kick off to the side. It's going to come out of that regular pattern. It's going to kick off to the side a foot, maybe a foot and a half, maybe farther. Then it's going to come back in and do it all over again. That's what makes fish bite it. You can take a lure that looks like it's moving a lot, but it never does anything different. Yellowtail will follow it all the way back to the boat, but they won't bite it. You got to give them that. What well, we used to call it kicking out. I don't know what they call it anymore, but but it's that when that lure kicks off to the side, that's the trigger. When a ball of bait swims around in the ocean and the tunas or yellowtails or whatever is are attacking it, which ones do they go for? They don't swim through the middle of the ball of bait. They swim off to the side, and that one that makes a mistake. Well, that's what your lure just did. It made a mistake. Hmm. And the fish bite it. How about the size of, of the iron? Because you go into your uh, local uh, tackle store and you find irons that are four inches, you find them six inches, you find them seven inches. Uh, that, that, size matter? Depending on who you're talking to. Okay. Uh, again, uh, there are guys that like fishing bigger lures. There are guys that like fishing smaller lures. Uh, I, I carry a little of all of it because you never know. I mean, you might be somewhere where, you know, that fish is, is chasing speed baits around, smelt, grunion, which is a little bit smaller as a rule. And so that might be on a smaller bait and they want that smaller lure. Uh, or, you know, you might be typically at the islands, you know, that, that you know, the, the Stinger, uh, the JRI, the 45 and a Taddy, the 7X and so on and the Salas, all that kind of stuff. Is typically very good there. You get to La Jolla, you got pretty much you got to scale down. All right, it's just the nature of the beast. Hey, Danny, we're going to take a break right now. We're talking to Danny Wade from H and M Landing, uh, talking uh, a little bit about uh, jig fishing 101, and we might graduate from there because I know there's a lot of other techniques and maybe secrets that Danny maybe we can squeeze out of them before we're done here. So. Wendy and I are going to come back after these messages with more on Danny Wade. Anglers Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovet reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com. visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Anglers Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy duty to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. We all like to travel, whether it's for business or it's pleasure. But one thing we all like to do, it's save money. Well, we got a travel tip for you. Bill Boyce has put together a travel website for you that can save you a lot of money. You can become your own travel agent. The site is bookwithboyce.com. You're going to save yourself 5 to 35% 
on all nationally advertised travel rates. You want to uh, go to Mexico? You want to go to Hawaii? Book with Boyce.com can offer you outstanding prices. And here's the deal. There's no surprises for accommodations, rental cars, or activities. So try bookwithboyce.com now and thank Bill Boyce later on. Guantanamo Fishing's gone and done it again for you with a brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your baitcasters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone-crushing drag. Quantum Fishing, we are performance-tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. Hey, everybody. This is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Run Real Radio is brought to you by BajaBound.com Insurance Services. Are you driving to Mexico? You can buy and print out your Mexican auto insurance policy online in the convenience of your own home or office in minutes now with BajaBound.com's easy-to-use website. After printing your auto insurance, check out the BajaBound.com site. There, too, you will find great travel tips and information to help you get the most out of your next road trip south of the border. So this is an important fact to remember. Use BajaBound.com. It's the easiest way to find and get Mexican auto insurance. Wendy and I welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. And, you know, as you're listening to the show tonight, I'd also like you to take particular interest in the sponsors that we have. I know everything is shut down right now. And I don't think we have a sponsor out there that isn't suffering from uh, the, the effects of the coronavirus. So whether it's Turner's or Gary Yamamoto or Baja Bound or BookWithBoyce.com, Cedros Outdoor Adventures, Quantum Fishing, Angler's Arsenal, H&M Landing, Gamagatsu, whatever it is, we're all suffering from this. This will be over. And I can ask you, we've got great people that are sponsoring Ron Real Radio. I invite you to... Make sure you think of them when the time comes, or if you can use their products right now, now is a good time to do it. So we want to thank you very much, and we want to thank our sponsors in particular for staying with us. You know, Wendy, you as a, a lady, you have a lot of experience as a saltwater angler. Might you have a, a particular question you might want to ask uh, Danny about uh, fishing the iron? Sure. You know, a lot of people, especially guys that I see that go on a long range trip, don't really understand because most of them are bait fishermen. They don't really understand when the captain says, "Okay, you need a heavy jig and you need to go down to the bottom where yo-yoing for yellowtail. You know, a lot of the times I see the guys putting on a lighter jig. What would you how would you explain it to them? And what would you do? Well, I would hand them one of each. I did. <laughs> yeah. This is a surface iron. This is a yo-yo jig. 
one weighs twice as much as the other, more or less. You want the heavy one. Uh, whatever color they want to use, you know, 40 pound, 50 pound, and let it go to the bottom, wind it up 20 or 25 turns with a handle. If you get a bite, hang on, because it's going to yank your arms out of your sockets. But, but that's yeah, why, that, we, why we do it. Another thing that I, that I was telling them, too, is, you know, a lot of these guys thought they had a heavier jig, but it wasn't heavy enough, and so they weren't reaching the bottom. And, and so I also compared uh, a heavier jig with the jig that they were using. Um, and once they ended up getting the heavier jig on their line, they were able to then connect with the fish. And, and then it was a game changer. And then they liked jig fishing. Yeah, they're, they're, and there's a couple of different styles of heavy lures. I mean, you can always go bigger, of course. But then again, if you look at, at uh, JRIs, you know, he's got those brass models. 66 yeah. it's got some uh brass stingers if i'm correct i believe so and same thing they're the same size as what you would fish the surface iron but they're brass so they're heavier so they get you there a little bit quicker right Espe- especially when that fish is on that you know 35 to 45 50 fathoms that's where it really comes in handy uh so there's a couple of different aspects there but they do need to get themselves familiar most tackle shops that you go to will have their surface iron in a designated area, wherever it is. Then they have their yo-yo iron in a designated area. And if you can, you know, whether sometimes you can just reach them off the counter and get them yourself or ask the, the, the salesperson, can I see a surface iron and yo-yo jig so I can find out what the difference is? And that's one of the things that's great about our local tackle stores. Going to the independent tackle stores or, or the chain stores, you can touch and feel them versus buying them over the Internet and not knowing exactly what you're buying. Going right. to the store makes a huge difference. Right. I'm not big. I don't. I, I have bought like five surface irons over the Internet just because I was just playing around. And it's not for me. I, I want to look at it. I want to say, of course, I'm a little pickier than your average Joe. But, but I want to look at it, you know, and I, I want to see what's going on with it, and then I'll, then I'll buy it, you know. Danny, let's get into, uh, I know uh, a lot of our listeners here, they're fairly experienced iron fishermen already, but for those individuals that have been drowning a bait or fly lining a bait uh, for all these years, and they go, you know what, I see guys up in the bow, they're, they're catching fish, it looks like a lot of fun, they're laughing and everything. Tell us about the starting gear that an individual should have if he wants to start throwing an iron. So let's start off with the reel, maybe. The reel, again, I use the Accurate's Turn. You know, the Turn 500 is probably a good choice for a lot of guys. And it's priced well. It's not a $500 reel. You know, it's a two ninety five. dollars Yeah, it holds up really well. And I've been fishing with them for a couple of years. I've had no issues. Uh Put braid on them, and then put your hundred or so yards of, of mono on top of it. And what what pound test do you like fishing with? With fishing an iron, the braid I use like fifty pound. The mono I use forty. Okay, and why why don't you just uh, tie right to the uh, iron with your braid? It's not casting friendly. Okay, and and you got to be real deliberate. Yellowtail a lot of times. 
that stuff it'll just flash and i mean there's there's 20 fish that are, they just boom they're there and you got to get a cast on it real quick with braid it's really tough to do i've got a question for you danny um you had just mentioned uh you, you like to uh you're picky about your jig and and when you pick one out uh what would you what are you looking for in your jig depends on the jig if i'm using a jri stinger or their x their seven or the four or a caddy 45 i'm looking for a let me when you take the jig like the back of the jig and you set it on top of a table so mm-hmm. the crown of the jig is up toward you you want it you want a little offset if you can get it a little offset the right side will be a little higher the left side will be a lower right. especially in the 45s and then if the holes are off centered up on top it always helps but it's not a deterrent if it isn't and sharp edges when the edges are nice and crisp I mean, they're, they're, they're so crisp, it's like, you know, it's almost like rubbing your hand with a knife. It's that sharp. And that makes it cut through the water much, much faster and much harder. Little things like that, you know. Uh, right, and so the offset, the offset hips, you know, makes it swim a little better and it, wiggle it, it a little ma- different. It, it makes it push harder on one side. Okay. So if it pushes harder on one side, it's going to push back harder on the other. Right. And that's where sometimes that little extra, that little extra movement, that little extra kick, is is where it comes into making a bite. Uh, there are other things, of course, you know, but uh, and the candy bar style jig, a lot of times that that. That hip placement isn't that big a deal. They're pretty, pretty close to being, you know, a standard issue, real close together. But, but if I had to pick one thing, it would, it would be sharp edges. So does that mean that maybe the new generation of irons that you see coming on out that are, uh, you know, CAD CAM designed and being uh, machined uh, the way they are might uh, give you a little bit of an advantage? I hate to say it, but no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am not a fan. You know, I got nothing against them. More power to them. But this is just me talking. I'm not a fan of the machine lore. All right. You know, we were talking about the equipment that you need. We talked a little bit about the reel and the speed that you like to come back and slow is good. How about the rod itself? What are you, what are you looking for with regards to length and action? For me, it's 10 or 10 and a half feet. I wouldn't recommend that for everybody. Nine foot is a good place to start. I would also recommend fiberglass and not composites or graphite. We're about casting, and we're about making a lot of casts. Graphite recoils too fast, and you've got to put too much effort into it. Fiberglass has memory, so you stand there flat-footed, fired on out there, you do it all day. Once you hook a yellowtail, you know, the yellowtail are yellowtail. They don't fight that hard. They're fun. And, and, and you just, I fish a tight drag and let the, of, of the recoil of the rod absorb that energy from the yellowtail, and they just kind of come to you. Now, how about, you know, that's when you're fishing open water. Would you go to a shorter rod, let's say, when you're, you're up in the kelp and you're going after calico or you're fishing yellowtail in the calico uh, in the kelp? 
Not me. I fish the same stuff for yellowtail I do for calico bass. Uh, might change your lure selection a little bit. The only time I get into color is when I'm fishing calico bass. Uh, one of typically three, but mainly caterpillar yellow. And uh, what they call the Wounded Soldier, the G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. That was something Bill Shimizu started with me down here. God, back in the early 80s, you know. Uh, so Danny tried this thing down there. We catch fish up here at Point Vincente, you know, especially in that hard bottom bull kelp, you know. So give it a try down there. And, and the thing just went off, you know. It's not real great up in the kelp canopy. That's where the caterpillar yellow comes in. Yeah. You know, a lot of times you go into a tackle store or even when I'm working here in the tackle store, you see the customer, they'll take up, uh, they'll pick up the jig by the ring and they'll take and they'll swing it around and they'll take five or six of them. What are they looking for? Or do you scratch your head and go, what are you looking for? Yeah, I scratch my head and go, what are you looking for? The theory is when it's free on the ring and it spins well, that it's going to swim well and kick well. It means it's free on the ring. It doesn't mean it's going to swim well. Okay. Uh, uh, the the swimming is in the shape of the lure. It's in, uh, you know, how those hips are set, how sharp those edges are, how, you know, uh, how well sanded it is. You know, when these lures, especially sand molds, when they come out of there, they go on, a, they, they end up on a bell sander. And, and so they grind them. That's where the swimming motion comes into most of these jigs, the human factor. That's why I say that the machine lure is not for me. Everything's the same. The machine lure will swim. It'll make a lot of movement, but it, it lacks that ability to kick out. So when everyone, I know you have a favorite lure, and it could be the reason why you have that lure as a favorite lure. That's what you're getting bid on. That's what gives you the action that you're looking for. But a lot of times you can go out and you can buy a lure and it just doesn't do what you're wanting to do. And so this is why we say sometimes uh, a lot of the uh, irons that are out there, you maybe have to buy 10 to get two or three that uh, at, do what you want to do. At times, yeah. It's not a science. This is not a science. You make lures in, in various ways, but it's not a science. You, you know, you don't know, even you know, with a trained eye like I have, Rarely am I wrong when I pick out a lure. Rarely. And ask anybody that knows me. But you really don't know until you put it in the water. And some lures will work better coming against the current. Some lures will work better going with the current. Some fish better coming upswell. Some fish better going downswell. And all of that factors in. That's why you have more than one lure. Is there a way that in everyday putts like me, if I see that that lure isn't swimming or kick. Is there any way I can tune that lure up or is the die cast? You'd be better off just to go buy another one. Okay. Yeah. It can be done, but it's from, you know, doing it for years. And I mean, if you're not catching fish on a thing and you want to take a file to it, go for it. You're not catching fish on it anyway. You know? Now, how can, how can a fisherman say that he has a favorite color for a lure when I look at your favorite lure, and I'd be lucky to find even a flake of paint on it. What, what's happening there? Just because people are that way. Guy's got his favorite fishing cap. You know, he caught like five yellowtail that day wearing that ball cap. So what is he going to wear next time he goes fishing? He's going to wear that ball cap. 
guy's got his favorite lure. This is my yellowtail lure. I've caught five yellowtail on this the last two times I've been. Well, of course he's going to tie that lure back on, whatever color it may be. Me, I could care less what color it is. It makes no, absolutely no difference to me, other than bass fishing. Well, you know, it, it seems like when you uh, when you talk to fishermen, they have all these colors that are out there, but it always seems like it comes down to blue, blue and white scrambled egg, and now with the introduction of mint, some type of mint pattern, and then everything else is is kind of on the periphery. Am I? Is that an overestimation on my part? No, it's not. The blue and white people use all the time. White, aluminum, mint is big. Uh, it's 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 the same. You know, if you see a you see three guys standing in the bow of a boat and three of them are are catching them on a mint green lure, well, you're going to find a mint green lure. <laughs> And that's kind of how it works. You know, if you don't catch fish on that mint green lure the next time you go, and a guy's getting them on a pink and purple, well, you're going to go find a pink and purple. There seems to be a trend, too, that people are trying to make lures that are more realistic. They look like a squid. They've got an eye on it. they got stripes down the middle. It looks like a mackerel. It's got spots. looks like a sardine. Doesn't, uh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So action, if it, action, if and it action. it right, they bite it right. Well, Danny, I guess that brings me then, why, with with all this happening out there and with this wealth of knowledge that you have, um, why don't you go out and maybe design your own lure if you can? Well, kind of, sort of have. Really? Jerry Guzman, who is, is JRI, part of JRI Lures, we kind of got our heads together here a while back, and... Uh, he was asking me about, you know, any color I'd like or this or that. And I said something to him about, how about a lure? I said, I got some things in mind. So we got our heads together here, and he's in the process of producing them because that's what he does. I gave him the lure design and the lures to kind of make his product out of. And I don't know exactly when they're going to come out because of all this virus and so on. It's affecting anything and everything. But they will come out under the JRI name, and there'll be a DW1 and a DW2. And they'll come out in the assorted colors of various this and that and so on. And uh have to fine-tune them a little bit. You know, you got to go through that, you know, research and development a little bit and get them out and make sure they're working what? the way we want them to. And, and But when it gets out here, it should be a very good product because the lures were, were, were very good. There, there's a lot of old established names out there in the market, and we can go through them. And then there have seemed to be over the years new guys always coming aboard, and I can name those names too, and they, they come in because someone wants to try something new, and then the next thing you know, they're they're gone or they're obsolete or they're not being made anymore. You've got a new guy that's come along, like uh, uh, Jerry at JRI, and uh, in the beginning, you know, he was claiming he had the the best thing to come down the uh, the pikes and sliced raisin bread, but it seems like his product has legs. And why is that so? What what is happening with that his product that maybe hasn't happened with some of the new products that are, that have come on the market, or for that matter? Even some of the old established name products that that maybe don't fish like they used to. Well, well, he's very conscious of of the lures that that he and and his people are making, and he's he likes to jig fish himself. 
And if you're going to make it, you might as well make it so you can catch fish on it. Uh, they're not a die cast. They're a sand casted lure. So again, the human factor comes into it when you, when you produce it and, you know, dealing with, you know, like I knew Taddy when I was a kid, I knew Taddy. I knew his two sons, Jimmy and Bill. I know Joel that's up there now. Uh, you gotta have a, a, a certain amount of, of respect for yourself you know i want to make this lure so people like it i want to make it so so you know people want to fish with it i want to you know and, and that's what it is it, it, and that's what he does it, it's he didn't have to come to me he could have gone to anybody and done the same you know but but he's gotten together with with ray montera the stinger lure sure you know, Ray Montera had, it was a, a lure that was made years ago, and they got their heads together. Oh, let's see if we can't make this. Turned out real well, you know. Every lure that's made nowadays is, is a copy or a facsimile, should I say, of something before. The bone jigs where it starts. And then you get into the candy bars and the putters. And all that kind of stuff. And, and there were so many of them that, you know, have gone by the wayside. But but uh, the real candy, the Manning family of the candy bar, that's gone. But, you know, the Salas is still here. Del Salas that started that. I met him when I was a little kid. Uh, Matt Sauter does it now. Taddy's still here. Joel Shimizu does it now. Uh JRI, Jerry Guzman. And, and, you know, there's a pride factor in it, you know, at least in my opinion, there is. Uh, the Stinger is one of my go to lures, and so will this DW stuff when, when it gets here. Yeah, this DW is intriguing. What What is going, I mean, you look at the iron and you go, what possibly can this thing do different? That hasn't already been done, or is it something maybe that has already been done, and with this DW lure that you're talking about, it does it better? Well, it should do it better. Oh. <laughs> I mean, well, again, you know, it's we 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 got we got to play with them first. You know, there's always you know when the Mannings were making the candy bars, that research and development, he was out there with a file, sanding this stuff, grinding this stuff, and. Well, let's take them back and go try it again. Let's take them back and go try it again until you get it right. You know. Quality control's got to, obviously it's got to oh, be yeah. important, yeah. and we're not saying that uh, any of the other lures, uh, you know, don't have it. But it just seemed like there was just kind of a a drop in the quality of the products because we were trying to punch out so many of them, and now all of a sudden we're coming on back and saying, "Wait, wait a minute." Um, We've got to start paying a little bit better attention to what we're doing here, and I think you find a lot of the lure manufacturers doing that. They're, they're starting to step up, you know. Uh, again, I'm not a diecast fan or a machined fan. I like lures made the old-fashioned way, by hand. Takes a little longer, costs a little more, but the product's a little better. Yeah. Well, if you have if you have a product. Uh, a lure out there that you can feel pretty confident that when you buy 10 of them, you're getting eight of them working as opposed to buying 10 of them and getting, 
two of them working, you'll probably be more inclined to go out and pay a couple of more dollars for that quality. And to buy more of that lure, you know. It is. I mean, you know, if 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 somebody new to the, especially to the surface iron thing, goes out and catches their first surface iron fish on a, we're on the JRI subject, so a JRI lure, whichever one it may be. Wow, that's so cool. Well, what's the next lure they're going to buy? Yep, they're going to buy that. And so on and so on. Eventually, you, you end up buying some of this and some of that and some of this and some of that. But, uh, again, Jerry's making a good product. And, and, you know, I've gotten to know him over the years a little bit, and and he's interested in making good products. And that's so that's where we kind of got our heads together. Now you kinda, I, I like fishing with good lures. You've kind of teased us a little bit with this DW lure. Is there... Uh, any type of release date on it as uh, our current situation here kind of... Uh, well, there was, but yeah. with what's going on, you know, it's hard to say. No, I haven't really talked to Jerry about it at all. Uh, there was Day at the Docks talk, but again, with, you know, when is Day at the Docks going to be, or is it going to be? No, it's been canceled for 2020. Okay. Uh, so that's out the door. Uh Again, I don't know if how much this virus, you know, and people working and not working is affecting him. I do not know. But, you know, when it gets time for it to be here, I'm sure I'll get a phone call. Well, I know we have uh, lures on order with Jerry uh, for uh, hopefully the Fred Hall show that might be coming off May 22nd. We don't know about that. And uh, we're looking forward to being there. And, uh if Fred Hall comes off on May 22nd, I think it's going to be a, a good show because everyone's going to be ready to go on out there. Yeah. And same with H&M Landing. H&M Landing right now, and justifiably so, and talking with Frank, extremely conscientious about how his business uh, affects the public. And, man, he was one of the first ones that say, hey, let's close down. Did a good job. Yeah, I know about the closing down part. <laughs> I guess you uh, do. It's, you know, I, I uh, we all get it. It's difficult. But uh, it's going to be something we'll, we'll all get through. By summer. Yeah. All right. Hey, um, all I can say is that uh, when the time comes, I know a lot of your favorite tackle stores are, are closed. Angler's Arsenal is closed or curtail. Fisherman's Landing, uh, H&M Landing, Point Loma Sports Fishing is closed. But uh, when the time comes, we ask you to come on by and not only see what they have, but tap the great knowledge that you can get from guys like Danny there. I know we got a, I got a video coming up here pretty soon. Oh, no. With, oh, uh, cool. With, uh, hey, Wendy, I don't know if you've ever seen the first one, but you know, you've heard of this uh, Strictly Irons kid? No, I haven't. Okay, he's got an Instagram deal, Strictly Irons. Okay. And go find us a video on YouTube. Go to, go to YouTube uh-huh. or anybody listening here. Man. Go to YouTube, put a search on it for Strictly Irons, and there's a question and answer with Dan Wade. Oh, cool. Okay. I've also been watching the uh, Facebook page, Jigs Only. That's pretty cool. Jigs Only is something that's just uh, risen here a little they, bit. They, they got me into it here a few days ago. 
It's all right. There are some things I like, some things I don't, but, you know, that's the way it is. Well, yeah, well, when anyone compliments you, I know you like that part of the program. But it's, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm a guy that when I go fishing, I don't care what anybody thinks, says, or does. You know, I do what I do. I enjoy what I do. I choose not to put a bait on to catch a bass or a yellowtail. The only time I put a bait on is offshore. That's if I don't catch them, I'm good with that. All right. Danny, let's get back uh, just for a minute here for H&M Landing. Uh, we talked to uh, uh, Keith Danette here earlier, and he's accepting bookings. Uh, what's the situation right now at H&M Landing when it comes to future bookings? Is that still something people can do? The Internet's up and running. You can still do You can do that. Typically, there's somebody there, like Frank, just kind of checking things out, you know, making sure things are where they're supposed to be and so on and so forth. Uh, if if they're there, they'll answer the phone. Okay. But you're better off with the Internet right now. Uh, when this will come to an end, none of us know. We're all just kind of hanging on, doing the best we can. Uh I'm working on a lot of those habits at home, you know, because they still got to get done. Yeah. Uh, you guys uh, rent out uh, some of the best gear available in the industry for, for fishermen going out. I've got, I don't know, 50 or 60 uh, LX2 speeds at home right now <laughs> that I'm working on, you know, to get them done, you know. All right. Pay me for it later, you know. You know, so... Yeah, even though uh, fishing is closed down here on on uh, the uh, saltwater side, all of the landings, especially like H&M Landing, they have uh, their schedules up. If you go and you want to find out with uh, Captain Keith Danette's uh, program is on the Constitution or the Poseidon or see what Bobby Taft is doing uh, or see what Chuck Taft is doing with the, the Legend or the Alicia or any of the other boats over there. You can book right now. And I got to tell you, now is going to be the time to do it because when this is all over, it's going to come. I think it's going to come on like an avalanche. Good, very well. Good, very well. A lot of fish. There's a lot of fish around. A lot of fish around. Well, Danny, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time to be with us to, uh, you know, give us some hints on how we can become iron fishermen. If you want to leave us with one more thought, what would that be? One more thought would be if you want to get to where you really understand the surface iron fishing, I don't care if you have your own boat, uh, I don't care what you do, spend some time on a sport boat because you will stand in the bow or wherever at the loading gate or wherever it may be. And you're going to be fishing against people that know a little bit more than you, that understand a little bit more than you, and that will probably catch more than you. Absorb that. Absorb that and figure it out. And then you can go to somewhere else and, and do your own thing. But you'll learn more on a sport boat than you ever will fishing by yourself. All right. Danny Wade, thank you. Wendy, thank you very much, too, for you being with us tonight. And, uh, you know, good luck staying at home right now, but I know you're making the most use of your time. I am, and you too, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Hey, that's it for tonight, everyone. Uh, we want to thank Danny Wade, uh, Captain Keith Danette, and Rob Tressler for being with us. Stay tuned for us next Sunday night on Rod and Reel Radio, AM 540. 505 for another live broadcast. 
And so until then, good night, everyone. Stay, stay, stay safe. 